Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to True Health Tuesday, and the truth will set you free. Today, we're going to talk about what is a good chiropractor. And when I put up these um, suggestions or ideas about what chiropractic is, it doesn't mean that what I do is good and what others do is bad. We're looking for an objective analysis, an object that you can measure. Now, number one question I'm asked, and this is on all social media, how do I find a good chiropractor? Uh, do you know someone in my area? Um, have you trained any chiropractors? And it, I do not know anybody else that practices exactly the way I do. And I don't have any recommendations for someone that does exactly what I do. However, we're launching a new website. It should be up and running in January. And we're going to have a searchable map on chiropractors that are corrective. And these are going to be methods to find somebody that does good quality work. Now, what do I mean by good chiropractor? Now, sometimes I'll use the term corrective chiropractor. Now, there's actually no such thing as corrective chiropractor. So if you call a bunch of chiropractors asking them, you know, are you corrective? Well, they'll, they'll say there's not really a thing. And that's true. There's no corrective chiropractic technique. Now, there's actually over 200 different chiropractic techniques, and most of them aren't corrective. Now, every chiropractic school does different. A lot of them will teach diversified. Every chiropractor is completely different. However, some of the techniques are more effective in their ability to correct biomechanical and structural problems of the spine. Gonstead, brilliant. Okay, this is um, started by an engineer. Okay, Clarence Gonstead, amazing. Thompson drop technique. This has been around since the 40s, and it allows force as mass times acceleration. So it allows the doctor to put less force in the patient and get a greater effect. Sacral occipital technique, fantastic because you're altering the autonomic nervous system, the rest, digest, and repair. Chiropractic biophysics, CBP is amazing. Okay, probably the best researched um, technique in the world. Uh, full spine specific. This happens to be one of the techniques that that I taught. And Cox flexion distraction, amazing hands-on flexion distraction. Now, I wouldn't recommend going to a chiropractor if you want corrections. Now, a chiropractor that doesn't do these techniques or doesn't do correction, there it's it's kind of like the difference between a dentist and an orthodontist. The orthodontist is when you go to to really fix problems. The standard chiropractor is going to be good for feeling good. It's like a dentist will do a good cleaning. Now, one thing you don't want is to torque or twist the spine during adjustments. And a lot of chiropractors will set you up where you're twisting, torquing, they lock out the joint, and then they do an adjustment. You don't want to rotate the neck during cervical adjustment. Why? Because you have all these sensors on the spine that communicate to that brain. And the more you turn or twist or activate those sensors along the vertebral, and each vertebrae has three different types of sensors. You've got the joint mechanoreceptors in the back part of the joint, and this is where the joints articulate. You also have muscle spindle receptors on the small intrinsic muscles of the spine. There's four times the muscle spindle receptors on the spinal muscles as there are in skeletal muscles. So. Anytime you rotate or torque or turn or twist that body, 
you're actually activating those sensors and that increases the tone of the muscles that you're going to be adjusting through. Now, hyperflexion of the spine, hyperextension or hyperflexion, both of those, you're torquing the spine, stimulating those mechanoreceptors, which increase the tone of the muscles. And you're not going to be as effective if you're adjusting through a lot of muscle spasms unless you're fixing it. Now, a posterior to anterior thoracic adjustments. This means the patient's generally laying down and the doctor is just pushing from the back to the front. Now, when you're pushing down from the back to the front, that table is pushing from the front to the back. So you don't want to be pushing against a solid object. You're not going to have good motion and the body is going to be absorbing that impact. Now, spinal decompression machines, I'm not a big fan of. Now, spinal decompression, I really am. What's the difference? Now, a machine, you hook up your lumbar, your pelvis, you may have some other strap around the thoracic area, and the machine pulls in, in an axial or pulls on an axial traction. Now, that's a bummer because it doesn't take into account that spines typically don't subluxate in a straight fashion. There's going to be a lateral deviation. So inflection or distraction of that spine is fantastic, but you also have to have a force loading going in the direction to correct the problem. And that's why I love flexion distraction, but it has to be manual, so you're isolating individual segments. I'm not a fan of the machines. And um, people that just want to go in there and get a pop, the pop, that crack, is not an adjustment. And massaging and relaxing, particularly the muscles on either side of the spine, you got to know why the muscles are firing and why they're, they're, they're increased in tone or where they're decreased in tone. Because the muscles that run down either side of the spine, they're not under conscious control. They're called pro, uh, proprioceptive control. They're called postural muscles. Now, what's the goal of a chiropractic adjustment? And this is huge. You're going to create a specific local inflammatory response. That's right. You're going to create just a tiny bit of inflammation. And inflammation is a healing process of the body. Because if you have a spine that's distorted, you want to induce a force into that area to change the position, motion, and communication of that vertebrae to that brain. So to create inflammation means your bot that body is going to regenerate that area because your body is always breaking down and regenerating, you're going to be regenerating that area in a specific position, motion, and communication. The biggest thing is to change proprioceptive input. This means the brain's awareness of the body. And this is the key. Once you change the brain's awareness of the body, you're changing what's called proprioception. And that's, that's how the body literally adapts to the environment. Changing the biomechanics of the spine, pelvis, and extremities is the key because then the body can regenerate that. The, the goal is to change the position, motion of specific vertebrae and that communication. The goal is to improve the overall structure of the spine. Now, that spine gets its strength from the natural curves. So it, when you realize that if there has been trauma the body is going to adapt to that trauma. The altered motion is going to cause the, the vertebrae to change its structure, to change its shape. 
And this is also called degeneration, degenerative joint disease, degenerative disc disease, osteoarthritis. Now, when it's called degenerative disc disease, you would think it's a disease. It's not. It's actually from, and all of those are the same, degenerative joint disease, degenerative disc disease, osteoarthritis. They're all the same thing. Now, this is from a trauma, even though it's called disease, and it's really the body adapting to that new position and motion so the vertebrae um, actually distort. So you can actually reverse that degeneration by inducing motion, changing the position of motion, then you change the force loading, and then that changes how the body is going to regenerate or rebuild that area. The key to rehydrate and restore the intervertebral discs. Now, discs are under a huge amount of pressure, um, and they get their nutrients because blood vessels would be compromised if they're in the middle of the disc. So those discs get their nutrient from the position and motion of the vertebrae. So you restore motion, you restore the nutrients going in there, then you restore that disc hydration. That is vital. And then to alleviate the pressure on the spinal cord and nerves. This is why the body has the natural curves. You have lordotic curves in the neck and the low back. You have a kyphotic curve in the thoracic. If you're missing those curves from past trauma, that puts the spinal cord and the nerves that control and coordinate every function of your body under stress. So the goal of a corrective chiropractor is to restore those normal curves, and that de-stresses out that spinal, um, the pressure on the nerves. And then to improve that communication of the nervous system, you've got that autonomic nervous system or automatic nervous system. It, you have two parts. One keeps you alive under stress. The other part regenerates the tissue. If you're in a chronic state of stress, you can be misdiagnosed with a lot of stress adaptations. And, you know, blood pressure will change, cholesterol will change, blood sugar will change. All of these changes that you can see on a blood analysis or nerve scan, these are really the body adapting to that nervous system communication. So the goal of a chiropractor is to restore that communication from the body to the brain. Then that changes the brain to the body control. Chiropractic is not, and again, this is corrective chiropractor. It's not for back pain relief, neck pain relief, or symptom relief. You've got to figure, if you, if you look at the body in a little different fashion, back pain, neck pain, um, joint pain, arm pain, these are not really problems. And you might say, no, no, it really hurts. I'm sure it does. But look at it more as an alarm telling you that there's a problem. So if you have back pain or neck pain, that is the presentation because you can literally have a deviation of some area you don't have symptoms. Like let's say you have the thoracic, a structural deviation. You can feel that in the neck. And like if you just sit up nice and straight and translate your rib cage over to the side, where do you feel it? Where are you going to feel it in the neck, the low back? You can feel it all over the place. So addressing just the symptom particularly if you're addressing with ultrasound or physical therapy or stretching or medications, and you're not really looking at the cause of that. So the symptoms, and this is what I tell my patients, the pain brought you in. It's a clue to dysfunction. It's not the problem. Now, the goal is not to get a pop or a crack, that you may get an adjustment and not have that pop, that cavitation. Because we're literally changing how that brain views the body. 
and the chiropractor during the adjustment will see the change in the paravertebrals, the muscles on either side of the spine, and that is the key. And it, it's and this is huge. A chiropractic adjustment, the bone is not out of place and we're not putting it back into place. We're changing the position, motion, and communication of that vertebral segment to the brain. And once you change that brain's communication, you're changing that brain's control of the body. And chiropractic is not for increasing mobility and flexibility. By restoring the normal position and motion of the vertebrae, you're restoring that communication and you're restoring the normal biomechanics. That is the key. And when you look at chiropractors, and I love this quote by B.J. Palmer, there is no effect without a cause. Chiropractors adjust the cause. Others treat the effects. So if you have chronic shoulder tightness, chronic neck spasms, chronic arm pain, chronic leg pain, chronic back pain, those are not the problems. Those are the effect. What a corrective chiropractor does is goes, goes after and ask that question, why is that symptom there? And you could take it a step beyond. Where is the high blood pressure coming from? Where is the high blood sugar coming from? Where is the elevations in cholesterol coming from? Knowing that the body is self-healing and self-regulating. So chiropractic, since its inception, has been going after the cause. Now, subluxation is a vertebrae that is uh, altered its position and motion in relationship to the vertebrae above and below, and it's affecting the nervous system. Why? Because that nervous system controls and coordinates every function of the body. This is the best definition of a subluxation I have ever heard. Subluxation is a self-perpetuating central motor control problem that involves a joint such as vertebral motor motion segment that is not moving appropriately, resulting in ongoing maladaptive neuroplastic changes that interfere with the central nervous system's ability to self-regulate, self-organize, adapt, repair, and heal. Isn't that cool? Okay, so now let's look at some cases. Now, this is the side view of a neck. A normal neck should curve in the front. What you're looking at in the before, on the left film on the left, you're looking at a reversal of the curve. Now, this is interesting. When you see the bone and the space in between the bone is actually the disc, when you see a complete loss of the disc and complete distortion of the bone, you're looking at 20 to 40 years or more of damage. Now, to see a reverse curve, this person had had to have a whiplash trauma injuring the ligament called the posterior longitudinal ligament. And so when you look at this x-ray, you can say, look, uh, miss, you have had uh, neck trauma injuring the ligament in the neck, reversing the curve over 20 years before. And she may argue, and this is kind of interesting because I get this from a lot of people, that no, 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 I never had a... I never injured my neck. I never injured my neck. And this one patient said, I did fall off a motorcycle when I was a teenager and I broke a rib, but my neck was fine. <laughs> so you got to know, you know, or, or someone will say, well, I rolled a car and I was fine. And so what I'll typically do is I'll take one of my assistants, like one of my doctors or one of my staff, and I'll say, look, if Mary here was in that accident that rolled over, do you think we should check them for damage? You know, and then they, well, okay, for that person. 
So the key is when you see a distortion of those spinal structures, you've got to take an x-ray and a stress x-ray to see if you can correct it. Then after it's a series of adjustments, and this is the key to correction, you've got to identify the problem and then you've got to take another x-ray to show that you're correcting the biomechanics. Now, what's interesting with this is you can't really see the disc in that degenerated segment. In the after, you can start to see the degenerated segment. Now, this is actually a mistake that I made. See, grade one arthritis means that the position of motion is altered. Grade two is beginning structural changes in the disc. Grade three is structural changes in the disc and the bone, and grade four is fusion. So when I saw this, I labeled it as grade four. I thought it was fused. Now we're seeing the disc there, and we're restoring the motion, and there is motion now on the extension x-ray, and she literally is, that disc can regenerate now. So now she's actually grade three, and that's pretty cool. Again, we look at before and after. We're looking at the most protected area of the body. Okay, this is the rib cage. You got 12 ribs on either side protecting the heart and lungs. One of the most structurally sound, solid areas. Plus, it's the cage, the, the base for the cranes, the arms that come off. Okay, so this is really hard to damage. So when you see a significant structural deviation like this patient has in the before film, that was a big trauma. Now, the nerves that supply the heart come out of the top of the thoracic area. So typically on this patient, they're going to have chronic tight shoulders. You can see the whole head is laterally deviated. Having that 12 to 18 pound head shifted off to the side, you know, three inches like this, that's going to radically change the force loading on the low back. So this injury that this person had to the thoracic area, which is also affecting the cervical, which is also going to affect the lumbar, this is why you can't use pain as the guide to where you're going to adjust your therapy. You got to look at the entire thing. You got to look in the entire structure. It's called holistic, but it's basic common sense. And so to correct this thoracic deviation and also knowing at the top of the thoracic area, that's the sympathetic nerve supply to the heart. So when you have a structural deviation like that, this could affect the organs. It could affect um, cardiac rhythm. It could affect breathing. It could affect a lot of different structures. And then you have to go in and shoot another x-ray. Because remember, 90% of the nerves that come off the spine have no pain fibers. So you need an objective analysis, an object to identify the problems, not the symptoms the problems, because we're going after the cause. And then the post-x-ray at 90 days show a significant change in the structure, and this changes that communication to the brain. Again, we're looking at before, and this is different, a different reverse curve than the first one I showed you. This one, we can see the disc spaces are still good. So this person Again, injured the posterior longitudinal ligament because it's a reverse curve. You cannot get a reverse curve without damaging that posterior longitudinal ligament. So, but with the decreased degeneration, this person had a more recent trauma. 
Uh, so restoring this, and we can see again the before and after. Now we're looking at the after curve. We're looking at a near normal curve. And the top of the neck should be over the bottom. This person is still has an 11.1 millimeters forward head carriage. That means the top of the neck should line up with the bottom. Now that's reducing the forward head carriage from 27.1 millimeters to 11.1 millimeters, which radically changes the force loading. Now for every one inch of pressure or one inch of forward head carriage, the pressure on the discs double. At 27.1 millimeters, that's more than an inch. So you're looking at double the amount of pressure on the C5, C6 disc. And if you count down, you're going to see the vertebrae are numbered. The long one, um, it's the second bone, that's C2. Three, four, five, and six. C5 and six, we're seeing a compression of that disc. So this is now grade two arthritis. So that means that this person has had a reversal of the curve, not um, 20, 30, 40 years like the first one, but this one had been at least 5 to 10 to 15 years, causing a now distortion of that bone and distortion of the disc. So even if those injuries were decades before, you can see that you can also restore. Because think of this, every joint in there is alive. And when you change the force loading on it, then the structures in there that are alive can regenerate in that new configuration with that new force loading. So questions uh, to find. And these are the questions um, I, I give to all of our patients to find a good chiropractor. And, and the, the key is, I, and I tell my patients, just get somebody to say yes to five of the seven questions. And let's look at these and, and see if, if you agree. Okay, do you take an x-ray? Why? I just showed you how important x-rays are. If you've got a reverse curve, how long has that been there? You've got to take an x-ray to identify the problem. 90% of the nerves that come off the spine, there's no pain fibers. So you have to look at why it's there. You've got to look at the structure that houses that nervous system. Now, are you taking an x-ray because you could bill insurance, or are you taking an x-ray to get a listings off of it? That means you're going to utilize those x-rays to guide your care. So the reason you're taking the x-ray is very, very important. Now, do you take post x-rays to document the structural changes? Vitally important. Now, we do our post x-rays at 30 and 60 adjustments. So think of how cool that is. We got an initial set, then we do a series of adjustments, then we do another set, then with series of adjustments, then another set. So we're documenting what's changing and what's not changing. So this means that person may have altered biomechanics throughout the day. Like let's say they're an office worker, contractor, sports guy. We've got to make sure that that structure is able to adapt to their lifestyle. Pre and post x-rays are, are essential. Now the goals of the chiropractor are the treatment goals of a chiropractor to reshape and restore the natural curves of the spine. Um, a standard chiropractic, which works on symptoms, um, will, is not, that is not a goal because that's beyond symptoms. Think of the 90% of the nerves that come off the spine, there's no pain fibers. So if you're utilizing symptoms like, great, I feel good today, I don't feel good uh, tomorrow, that is inconsistent. Your goal is to restore the normal curve so you restore the normal biomechanics 
and you're going to prevent future problems and correct present problems. Now, are you familiar with correcting disc injuries? This is the skill level of a chiropractor. Because when you understand that discs are alive and that discs need their correct motion, position, and force loading, and a degenerated disc, if you can induce motion, if that segment is moving, that disc can increase its imbibition or getting the nutrients in the disc. And by changing the force loading, that disc can regenerate and change shape. Vitally important. Question six, do you work on post-surgical patients, which is vital? Now, this requires incredible specificity. Um, Stress x-rays, it it implies a skill set that's above um, the average. Now, think of this. You've got all of these mobile segments. If you fuse a couple, what happens? That person still has to um, live within gravity. So that means the area above and below that fusion have to move twice as much. And that means if you increase or alter the motion, those areas can start to degenerate. This is why surgery, it's, you know, fusing one segment, you got a 70% failure rate. Fusing three, you got a 90% failure rate within five years. So it is essential if you've had to get a surgery that you go to see a corrective chiropractor to make sure that the force loading is there. So you can prevent future surgeries and also help to correct the biomechanics. Because when a person has a disc, like let's say it's an L5-S1 disc or right at the base of the spine at the top of the sacrum. If that whole thoracic area is off to the side and the surgeon only worked on the lumbar, you have to correct that force loading in order to prevent future surgeries. By that, you're actually restoring the normal biomechanics or the normal force loading so that surgery won't, um, that altering biomechanics, and that's what surgery does, won't negatively affect the rest of the body. And then can you reverse arthritis? The most common type of arthritis is called osteoarthritis. Now, arthritis, arth means joint, itis means inflammation. Osteoarthritis is a non-inflammatory arthritis. And you might say, hey, wait, that doesn't make sense. Well, I know they made a mistake. See, arthritis, and it's also called degenerative disc disease, degenerative joint disease, um, osteoarthritis, they're all the same thing. It's the result of a trauma. Now, I just showed you a number of different structures, pre and post x-rays, that show that this body has had a trauma. And if those vertebrae are left in an abnormal position, then they have to adapt to that abnormal position. And when seen on x-ray, that's called degenerative joint disease, degenerative disc disease, which is not a disease. It's the end result of a trauma. So if you can change the position motion of that vertebrae, you're going to change the structures and those structures will now regenerate and remodel towards that. Just look at discs are alive. Bones are alive. And when you change the force loading, they're going to remodel. They can remodel in a pathologic fashion, or they can remodel in a normal fashion. Uh, And this is the the difference between a good chiropractor, and I don't mean like good versus bad, but I mean a chiropractor that I would consider is going after beyond symptoms. So do you take x-rays? Do you get the listings off of the x-rays? Do you take post-x-rays to document the structural changes? 
is your goal to restore and, re and reshape the natural curves of the spine. Are you familiar with disc injuries? Do you work, work on post-surgical patients? Again, that's a skill level. And can you reverse arthritis? And if they are taking pre and post x-rays and they're documenting the structural changes and they're documenting that the disc height can increase, that bone spurs can start to um, be eliminated because bone spurs are, are literally the body adapting to stabilize the segment. Then you get somebody that says yes to five of those. You've got a really good chance of this quality of care. Quote from B.J. Palmer, medicine is the study of disease and what causes man to die. Chiropractic is the study of health and what causes man to live. Doesn't that give you the goosebumps? So now play, and we're going to be getting to all the questions. Now, um, if you have questions about this, I do them every week and we're gathering the questions for the first few days. So, so share this video. Um, please subscribe. Your subscription is very, very helpful. God bless you. You are made in the image and likeness of God. Stay healthy, my friends. I came from a low-income family that was, that was struggling. You see how hard life can get. GC became a part of my life because I don't want my family to fall back into that. I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life and just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy, and Grand Canyon University helped me find my purpose.